Section 15 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yuting in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Xueqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly. Chapter 32, Part 1. Xi Ren and Xiang Yun tell their secret thoughts. Dai Yu is infatuated with living Bao Yu. While trying to conceal her sense of shame and injury, Xing Chuan is driven by her impetuous feelings to seek death. But to resume our narrative, at the sight of the unicorn, Bao Yu was filled with intense delight, so much so that he forthwith put out his hand and made a grab for it. Lucky enough, it was you who picked it up, he said, with a face beaming with smiles. But when did you find it? Fortunately, it was only this, rejoined Xi Xiangming, laughing. If you by and by also lose your seal, will you likely banish it at once from your mind, and never make an effort to discover it? After all, smiled Bao Yu, the loss of a seal is an ordinary occurrence, but had I lost this, it would have deserved to die. Xi Ren then poured a cup of tea and handed it to Xi Xiangming. Miss Xinya, she remarked smilingly, I heard that you had occasion the other day to be highly pleased. Xi Xiangming flushed crimson. She went on drinking her tea and did not utter a single word. Here you are again, full of shame, Xi Ren smiled. But do you remember when we were living about ten years back in those warm rooms on the west side? and you confided in me one evening. You didn't feel any shame then. And how is it you blush like this now? Do you still speak about that? exclaimed Shi Xiaoming laughingly. You and I were then great friends, but when our mother subsequently died, and I went home for a while, how is it you were at once sent to be with my cousin Secundus, and that now I've come back, you don't treat me as you did once? Are you yet harping on this? retorted Xiren, putting on a smile. Why, at first, you used to coax me with a lot of endearing terms to comb your hair and to wash your face, to do this and that for you. But now that you've become a big girl, you assume the manner of a young mistress towards me. And as you put on these airs of a young mistress, how can I ever presume to be on a familiar footing with you? Lomi Tuofo, cried Shi Xiangming. What a false accusation! If I be guilty of anything of the kind, may I at once die? Just see what a boiling hot day this is, and yet, as soon as I arrived, I felt bound to come and look you up first. If you don't believe me, well, ask Luar. And while at home, when I did not at every instant say something about you... Scarcely had she concluded that Siren and Baoyu tried to soothe her. We were only joking, they said, but you've taken everything again as gospel. What, are you still so impetuous in your temperament? You don't say, argued Shi Xiaoming, that your words are hard things to swallow, but contrarywise, call people's temperaments impetuous. As she spoke, she unfolded her handkerchief, and, producing a ring, she gave it to Xi Ren. Xi Ren did not know how to thank her enough. When, she consequently smiled, you sent those to your cousin the other day, I got one also, and here you yourself bring me another today. It's clear enough, therefore, that you haven't forgotten me. 
This alone has been quite enough to test you. After all, the ring itself, what is its worth? But it's a token of the sincerity of your heart. Who gave it to you? inquired Shi Xiangyun. Miss Bao let me have it, replied Xi Ren. I was under the impression, remarked Shi Xiangyun with a sigh, that it was a present from Cousin Lin. But is it really Cousin Bao that gave it to you? When I was at home, I day after day found myself reflecting that among all these cousins of mine, there wasn't one able to compare with Cousin Bao. So excellent is she. How I do regret that we are not the offspring of one mother. For could I boast of such a sister of the same flesh and blood as myself, it wouldn't matter though I had lost both father and mother. While indulging in these regrets, her eyes got quite red. Never mind, never mind, interposed Bao Yu. Why need you speak of these things? If I do allude to this, answered Shi Xiangyun, what does it matter? I know that weak point of yours. You're in fear and trembling, lest your cousin Lin should come to hear what I say and get angry with me again for eulogizing cousin Bao. Now, isn't it this, eh? Ch! laughed Shi Ren, who was standing by her. Miss Ring, she said, now that you've grown up to be a big girl, you've become more than ever open-hearted and outspoken. When I contend, smiled Bao Yu, that it is difficult to say a word to any one of you, I'm indeed perfectly correct. My dear cousin, observed Shi Xiangyun laughingly, don't go on in that strain. You'll provoke me to displeasure. When you are with me, all you are good for is to talk and talk away. But were you to catch a glimpse of Cousin Lin, you would once more be quite at a loss to know what's best to do. Now, enough of your jokes, urged Siren. I have a favour to crave of you. What is it? vehemently inquired Shi Xiangyun. I've got a pair of shoes, answered Siren, for which I've stuck the padding together. But I'm not feeling up to the mark these last few days, so I haven't been able to work at them. If you have any leisure, do you finish them for me. This is indeed strange, exclaimed Shi Xiangyun. Putting aside all the skillful workers engaged in your household, you have besides some people for doing needlework and others for tailoring and cutting. And how is it you appeal to me to take your shoes in hand? Were you to ask any one of those men to execute your work, you could very well refuse to do it. Here you are in another stupid mood, laughed Shiren. Can it be that you don't know that our sewing in these quarters mayn't be done by these needleworkers? At this reply, it at once dawned upon Shi Xiangyun that the shoes must be intended for Bao Yu. Since that be the case, she in consequence smiled, I'll work them for you. There's, however, one thing. I'll readily attend to any of yours, but I will have nothing to do with any for other people. There you are again, laughed Shiren. Who am I to venture to trouble you to make shoes for me? I'll tell you plainly, however, that they are not mine. But no matter whose they are, it is anyhow I will be the recipient of your favour. That is sufficient. To speak the truth, rejoined Shi Xiangyun, You've put me to the trouble of working. I don't know how many things for you. The reason why I refuse on this occasion should be quite evident to you. I can't nevertheless make it out, 
answered Xi Ren. I heard the other day, continued Shi Xiangming, a sardonic smile on her lip, that while the fan case I had worked was being held and compared with that of someone else, it too was slashed away in a fit of high dudgeon. This reached my ears long ago, and do you still try to dupe me by asking me again to now to make something more for you? Have I really become a slave to you people? As to what occurred the other day, hastily explained Bao Yu, smiling, I positively had no idea that the thing was your handiwork. He never knew that you'd done it, Sidon also laughed. I deceived him by telling him that there had been off late some capital hands at needlework outside, who could execute any embroidery with surpassing beauty, and that I had asked them to bring a fan case so as to try them and to see whether they could actually work well or not. He at once believed what I said, but as he produced this case and gave it to this one and that one to look at, he somehow or other, I don't know how, managed again to put someone's back up and she cut it into two on his return however he bade me hurry the men to make another and when at length i explained to him that it had been worked by you he felt i can't tell you what keen regret this is getting stranger and stranger said shi xiangming it wasn't worth the while for miss lin to lose her temper about it but as she plies the scissors so admirably, why, you might as well tell her to finish the shoes for you. She couldn't, replied Siren, for besides other things, our venerable lady is still in fear and trembling, lest she should tie herself in any way. The doctor likewise says that she will continue to enjoy good health so long as she is carefully looked after, so who would wish to ask her to take them in hand? last year she managed to just get through a scented bag after a whole year's work but here we've already reached the middle of the present year and she hasn't yet taken up any needle or thread in the course of their conversation a servant came and announced that the gentleman who lived in the xinlong street had come our master he added bids you mr secundus come out and greet him as soon as Bao Yu heard this announcement he knew that Jia Yuchun must have arrived, but he felt very unhappy at heart. Xiren hurried to go and bring his clothes. Bao Yu, meanwhile, put on his boots, but as he did so, he gave way to resentment. Why, there's father, he soliloquized, to sit with him. That should be enough. And must he, on every visit he pays, insist upon seeing me? It is, of course, because you've such a knack for receiving and entertaining visitors that Mr. Jia Zheng will have you go out, laughingly interposed Shi Xiangming from one side, as she waved her fan. Is it father's doing? Bao Yu rejoined. Why, it's himself who asked that I should be sent for to see him. When a host is courteous, visitors come often, smiled Xiangming. So it's surely because you possess certain qualities which have won his regard, that he insists upon seeing you. But I am not what one would call courteous, demurred Bao Yu. I am, of all coarse people, the coarsest. Besides, I do not choose to have any relations with such people as himself. You regain that unchangeable temperament of yours, laughed Xiang Yun. But you are a big fellow now, and you should at least, 
if you've loads to study and go and pass your examinations for a provincial graduate or metropolitan graduate, have frequent intercourse with officers and ministers of state, and discuss those varied attainments which one acquires in an official career, so that you also may be able in time to have some idea about matters in general, and that when by and by you've made friends, they may not see you spending the whole day long in doing nothing than loafing in our midst, up to every imaginable mischief. Miss, exclaimed Pao Yu, after this harangue, play go and sit in some other girl's room, for mind one like myself may contaminate a person who knows so much of attainments and experience as you do. Miss, ventured Siren, drop this at once. Last time Miss Bao too tendered him this advice, but without troubling himself as to whether people would feel uneasy or not, he simply came out with an ejaculation of hi and rushed out of the place. Miss Bao hadn't meanwhile concluded her say, so when she saw him fly, she got so full of shame that, flushing scarlet, she could neither open her lips nor hold her own counsel. But lucky for him, it was only Miss Bao. Had it been Miss Lin, there's no saying what row there may not have been again, and what tears may not have been shed. Yet the very mention of all she had to tell him is enough to make people look up to Miss Bao with respect. But after a time, she also betook herself away. I then felt very unhappy, as I imagined that she was angry. But contrary to all my expectations, she was by and by just the same as ever. She is, in very truth, long-suffering and indulgent. This other party, contrariwise, became quite distant to her, little though one would have thought it of him. And as Miss Bell perceived that he had lost his temper and didn't choose to heed her, she subsequently made I don't know how many apologies to him. Did Miss Lin ever talk such trash? exclaimed Pao Yu. Has she ever talked such stuff and nonsense? It would have long ago become chilled towards her. What you say is all trash, Siren and Xiangmi remarked with one voice, while they shook their heads to and fro and smiled. Lin Daiyu, the fact is, was well aware that now that Shi Xiangming was staying in the mansion, Bao Yu too was certain to hasten to come and tell her all about the unicorn he had got. So she thought to herself, In the foreign traditions and wild stories introduced here of late by Bao Yu, literary persons and pretty girls are, for the most part, brought together in marriage through the agency of some trifling but ingenious knick-knack. These people either have miniature ducks or phoenixes, jade necklaces or gold pendants, fine handkerchiefs or elegant sashes, and they have, through the instrumentality of such trivial objects, invariably succeeded in accomplishing the wishes they entertained throughout their lives. When she recently discovered, by some unforeseen way, that Bao Yu had likewise a unicorn, she began to apprehend lest he should make this circumstance a pretext to create an estrangement with her, and indulge with Shi Xiangming as well in various free and easy flirtations and fine doings. She therefore quietly crossed over towards her opportunity and take such action as would enable her to get an insight into his and her sentiments. Contrary, however, to all her calculations, no sooner did she reach her destination then she overheard Shi Xiangming dilate on the topic of experience, and Bao Yu go on to observe, 
Cousin Lin has never indulged in such stuff and nonsense. Had she ever uttered any such trash, it would have become chilled even towards her. This language suddenly produced in Lin Daoyu's mind both surprise as well as delight, sadness as well as regret. Delight at having indeed been so correct in her perception that he whom she had ever considered in the light of a true friend had actually turned out to be a true friend. Surprise, because, she said to herself, he has, in the presence of so many witnesses, displayed such partiality as to speak in my praise, and has shown such affection and friendliness for me as to make no attempt whatever to shock suspicion. Regret, for since, she pondered, you are my intimate friend, you could certainly well look upon me too as your intimate friend, and if you and I be real friends, why need there be any more talk about gold and jade? But since there be that question of gold and jade, you and I should have such things in our possession. Yet why should this ball try step in again between us? Sad, because, she reflected, my father and mother departed life at an early period, and because I have, in spite of the secret engraven on my heart and imprinted on my bones, not a soul to act as a mentor to me. Besides, off late, I continuously feel confusion creep over my mind, so my disease must already have it gradually developed itself. The doctors further state that my breath is weak, my blood is poor, and that they dread lest consumption should declare itself. So despite that sincere friendship I foster for you, I cannot, I fear, last for very long. You are, I admit, a true friend to me, but what can you do for my unfortunate destiny? Upon reaching this point in her reflections, she could not control her tears, and they rolled freely down her cheeks, so much so that when about to enter and meet her cousins, she experienced such utter lack of zest that, while drying her tears, she turned round and went at her steps back in the direction of her apartments. End of section 15. Recording by Cao Yuqing in Singapore.